After obedience, what? Mark 6, 45-52 says, Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went into the hills to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were distressed in rowing, for the winds was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost cried out, for they all saw him, and they were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, have no fear. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves. But their hearts were hardened. We are apt to imagine that if Jesus Christ constrains us and we obey him, he will lead us to great success. We must never put our dreams of success as God's purpose for us. His purpose may be exactly the opposite. We have an idea that God is leading us to a particular end, a desired goal. He is not. The question of getting to a particular end is a mere incident, what we call the process, God calls the end. What is my dream of God's purpose? His purpose is that I depend on him and on his power now. If I can stay in the middle of the turmoil, calm, and unperplexed, that is the end of the purpose of God. God is not working towards a particular finish. His end is the process that I see him walking on the waves. No shore in sight, no success, no goal, just the absolute certainty that it is all right because I see him walking on the sea. It is the process, not the end, which is glorified to God. God's training is for now, not presently. His purpose is for this minute, not for something in the future. We have nothing to do with the afterwards of obedience. We get wrong when we think of the afterwards. What men call training and preparation, God calls the end. God's end is to enable me to see that he can walk on the chaos of my life just now. If we have a further end in view, we do not pay sufficient attention to the immediate present. If we realize that obedience is the end, then each moment as it comes is precious.
after obedience. Only God knows. By being obedient, once we have the insight into what it is like to allow ourselves to be led by God alone, the act of being obedient in the moment is what it is all about. Oswald says, 1. God's end is to enable me to see that he can walk on the chaos of my life just now. 2. If we have further end in view, we do not pay sufficient attention to the immediate present. 3. If we realize that obedience is the end, then each moment as it comes is precious. So the first point, God wants us to be eternally fit and able to know he is always present. In this situation in Mark, the disciples are crossing a sea and they're afraid of being capsized and possibly drowning in the water. So it's a very risky situation, life and death. As an average American, I, I can easily say I don't encounter, encounter this kind of situation very often. I can go a whole year and not encounter something like this. My stressful, quote-unquote stressful situation would be, well, okay, I don't want to work for an employer anymore. I want to have my religious freedoms within my workplace. So I'm going to go through the stress of leaving a comfortable salary and pursuing working on my own and doing the God, doing the work that God wants me to do. So during that stressful period of transitioning careers also, but from an employer job to being my own, to being an employee, to being my own employer, it's stressful. And God is going to be there. He's going to walk me through this, especially since this is something that God wants me to do. Point two, focusing outside of the present, being in the past or being in the future, distracts from our current reality. When we fit God into our small existence and say, God, can you operate under the parameters I have set? We are far from doing his will, and we are denying our Savior in the present because we expect him to show up when things appear how we want. So it's that idea of having a successful idea. Okay, I'm getting into business for myself, and I want to have a certain amount of money. I want to be successful, right? No. I've always struggled, and too, being in the the mental health field, There's a huge constriction on, there there isn't much religious freedom. If I talk about God too much, talking about God too much, I get a lot of pushback. And keeping keeping it up, I'll probably get fired because people don't want to hear about Jesus. They want to hear about any other God, but not Jesus. So that's why I'm getting into business for myself because I I gotta make money So I can't rely on other employers and their policy on talking about God. So I'll just rely on my own policy. Point three, what is obedience? 
since it's the end, obedience, the process of being obedient is the end, we should define it. It may change as ignorance flees us and we grow in faith, but we should we should be able to define it now. Obedient, being obedient is being submissive to the restraint or command of God. Obedience is the state and quality of obeying. The temptation of Jesus in Luke 4 comes to mind. In chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus says, Man shall not live by bread alone. By being obedient, we are changed and we reflect more of God's image in our own lives. I am inscribing God's words on my heart, so when the enemy comes, I am not deceived. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, Examine myself to see whether I am in faith. Test myself. Ensure the Spirit of Jesus is in me. Ensure the Spirit of Jesus in me is getting his way with my life. Man shall not live by bread alone. What does that mean to me? The circumstances of my faith. My faith in Jesus doesn't rely on my circumstances. It doesn't rely on me being fed, which is a huge reason why I've been keeping food out of my mouth to the point allowing myself to get hungry so I don't allow that hunger to make decisions for me. I can be hungry like I am right now. I haven't eaten. It's, it's about 10 o'clock in the morning and I stopped eating yesterday afternoon and I'm a little bit hungry, but it's not a big deal because I'm used to going a day, two days without food. I don't let hunger decide what happens. Actually, I use hunger to be obedient to what Jesus wants to happen. So, man shall not live by bread alone. I keep food, any calories out of my mouth. I get my body to the state of being hungry. And I am sustained by the word of God. I study his word. And that fills me. That fills my spirit. And from from a state of having a spirit that's fed... I do what God wants me to do. I'm obedient. I see God walking on the water when I'm hungry. When the waves are tossing and turning, my stomach and my brain's telling me to eat. No. I can turn that down because I'm studying the word of God. And I'm seeing God calm those urges. So... That's how I test myself. That's one way to test myself. Man shall not live by X alone. So today I want to encourage you, take something you rely on that is not God out of your life and put God in. Try it for a day, a whole day, two days, a week, a year. If you don't fast, it's something you absolutely need to start doing 24-hour fasts, 48-hour fasts, or longer. And in that state of being hungry, turn to God. Master your hunger. Don't let your hunger master you.
if you find yourself in leisure time turning to something like Netflix or some sort of media entertainment, sustain from that. Quit it. Be entertained by God. Read his word. Pray. Spend time with him. Learn to see God in your storm. If you're if you're in the habit of being in the storm and only seeing that storm, you're being disobedient. So I want to challenge you to tighten your belt physically and spiritually and find ways to be obedient to God. God bless you. Mm-hmm.